The stock market drops through the floor earlier this week on coronavirus fears, but one big fish investor says, well, we'll share exactly what he says on today's show featuring George Kurtica from Joust is here. That's today on Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast, coming to you live from my mom's half-finished basement outside Detroit, Michigan. I'm Joe Saul Cihai. Hey, I'm George Critica coming to you live from Austin, Texas. Where it might be slightly warmer than it is here in the basement, George. This is the podcast. Nice <laughs> this is the podcast where we cover recent stories ripped from the financial press. Today we're tackling a doozy from Market Watch. Not only do we read them like some podcasts, but we dive into how those affect your wallet and what you can do to invest, save, and pay down debt more effectively with a big idea for you to take away. And all in usually less than 20. 20- 20 minutes. Thanks to Ubiquity Retirement and Savings for supporting Money with Friends. Ubiquity offers simple online affordable small business retirement solutions starting at just $75 a month. Get ahead of the future with help from Ubiquity's team of experts. If you use our link, this is good news. We just found out this week. They slash your setup fee. Visit myubiquity.com to learn more. That's myubiquity.com to learn more. Put in money with friends when you talk to them and they will uh, get rid of the setup fee, which also, by the way, is much, much lower than what traditionally you'd see. If you know anything about retirement plans, you know that those can be expensive to set up, but that's why we asked Ubiquity to help us with the show because they finally make it easier for small business owners to to work. And speaking of a guy who makes it easier for small business owners to work, the guy that helps small business owners actually get paid, George Kurtica from Joust is here. How are you, man? Yeah, I'm doing well for, uh, I guess, well, the day before Mardi Gras, right? Lundi uh, <laughs> Gras, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Is, is, is your liver ready for it? Uh, yeah, I've been training it all year. So, Good. Uh, we're ready for it. That's fantastic. What about this this stock market downturn, though, is ugly this week. I can't believe this. Speaking of training your liver, yeah, I yeah. got to say, it's um, it's a little ugly today. And uh, I guess we'll dive into it in a little bit, but... Um Lots of lots of fear, fear in the market. Lots and lots of fear. You're right on there. And uh, let's kick off this by seeing which one of our friends is going to help us open today's show. This is Lacey from the Military Money Show. The money talking party starts right now. It's time for Money with Friends. All right. This piece comes to us from Market Watch, and you probably read about this all over on Monday. But this piece is written by Callum Cowan. Warren Buffett says, "Don't buy or sell on the headlines." Is coronavirus sends stocks plunging? It's finally happened. Callum writes, "Coronavirus fears have taken over, and panic has set in. Global stocks are plunging on Monday after the number of virus cases outside China surged over the weekend, particularly in Italy, South Korea, and Iran." The Dow Jones Industrial Average fell three, that's 880 points in early trading. Uh, At one one point on Monday, we're recording this on Monday, I saw it go over 900 points. European stocks also plummeted with Italy's uh, FTSE MIB uh, uh, leading the descent, falling 5.9%. However, in our call of the day, Warren Buffett told investors not to buy or sell stocks, which he referred to as businesses based on the day's headlines. The real question is, Buffett said, has the 10-year to 20-year outlook for American businesses changed in the last 24 or 48 hours, he said on CNBC. 
Yeah, and you'll um, and this is a, a quote you'll note. Uh, notice that many of the businesses we partially own, that's Warren Buffett saying uh, American Express, which is down, as well as Coca-Cola, also down today. Those are businesses that you don't buy or sell your business based on today's headlines. So if it gives you a chance to buy something you like and you could buy it even cheaper, then it's your good luck, he said. So, you know, warning you that uh, in his annual investor letter over the weekend, he said that equities would outperform bonds for years to come due to low tax rates. And uh, you could quote uh, Warren Buffett here, if something close to current rates should prevail over the coming decades, and if corporate tax rates also remain near the low-level business, low-level businesses now enjoy, it's almost certain that equities will, over time, perform far better than long-term fixed-rate debt instruments, he went on to say. So many so, <laughs> Warren Buffett pops the balloon because so many people online I'm seeing today in various internet forums are either panicking or talking about how they should buy a lot. Warren's saying, George, to do neither. Yeah, he is. He's saying do neither. And I think, you know, again, the, this is sort of the the strategy is like, listen, these these fluctuations in market based on some of these fears, like don't panic. If you're a long-term investor, you're diversified enough. There's no need to panic. It's going to correct itself. We've seen, you know, we're still at the tail end of this massive bull run. And, uh, you know, we, everyone's been predicting the, you know, the end of it. And, and yet here we are. So why are we panicking? I think is what he, what he's saying, which makes a lot of sense. I like the fact that he referred to these as businesses and really kind of reset the discussion away from what the market's doing today in short-term fears and instead resetting it on, has the business changed? Because if the business is, if the business doesn't change, why are we valuing it differently today than we did yesterday? Yeah, it's true. I mean, you know, people buying Coca Cola. Coca Cola seems to be a, a well-run machine. They realize that people maybe aren't into sugary beverages anymore, and so what do they do? They they diversify. They get into you know carbonated beverages without sugar. They are going where the market is going, and and they're not and they're not sort of sitting there you know resting on their laurels. And I, and I like that about these these kind of companies. They're they're bellwethers in this type of uh, environment. It's funny, speaking of, of uh, Coca-Cola and PepsiCo diversifying, I remember when they got into water, right? Into Dasani yeah. and the, the water companies. Soda that, stream. Yeah. yeah. And I remember comedian Lewis Black saying it was amazing. Back in the day, George, you and I used to drink out of the hose and then uh, behind the house. <laughs> and, now, <laughs> and now you've got Coca-Cola and Pepsi saying, you shouldn't do that. And by the way, you should have eight servings of water a day. Yeah, no, it is. Uh, it is quite the uh, the difference. And, you know, listen, hey, I, I love a good um, Coca-Cola, generally the Mexican Coke kind where, oh. where it's real sugar. You know, I'm sort of a purist there when it comes to that. But but, you know, I've, I've made the switch, you know, to sparkling water. And you know, I think it's good. It makes you feel healthier. And you've seen a big push in that in that regard. And I think, you know, we're even going to start seeing, you know, I know this is a little bit different, but, you know, some of the alcohol, you know, manufacturers, too. Right. people are living healthier lives. They're putting alcohol in things like kombucha nowadays. And so, you know, they're skating where the puck is going. I, I even think, you know, CBD is, is another thing. You know, cannabis CBD is something that these these beverage companies are looking at. And so they're going to keep evolving. They're not going to rest on their laurels. And I, I know this seems like a beverage focused <laughs> segment, but it's uh, it's true. It's true. These guys are either going to they're, they're going to buy their way into new markets or they're going to evolve, you know, the products, you know, on their own. 
I love, I always love where these live conversations go. By the way, we, we performed this live on Facebook uh, with a bunch of our friends hanging out on Facebook. If you'd like to hang out with us, it's facebook.com forward slash I stack Benjamins, the Stacky Benjamins Facebook page. Dr. Brad Klontz, who uh, was just on uh, the show and will be returning again next month, uh, back to stocks said, uh, George, lots of people thinking twice today about their decision to day trade on margin. <laughs> and I think I I think this is where day traders get in trouble, right? I mean, if you're going to do something like day trade stocks, boy, this is a tough day to be in that in that business. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, I, I'd say most day traders are, are living on a beach somewhere doing this, uh, you know, from from maybe Thailand or Mexico. So I don't feel so bad for them. <laughs> But uh, you're right, not a day to trade on margin. Uh, certainly, um, you know, I don't think a lot of people saw this, you know, coming. We did see, you know, coronavirus sort of, uh, I think, almost reaching pandemic state, which doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be, you know, outbreak, contagion, movie-like. But it is something that's, that's, that's worrisome. And, and you see investors starting to, um, starting to pull back a little bit on this. Yeah. When I was a financial planner um, back in the day, I, you know, we deal with uh, money holistically. But when we did talk about stocks and talk about the stock market, we talk about headlines like we've had this week, which are based on fear around a virus. And we talk about two things. Number one is sometimes earnings come out and to some degree, earnings are, are a little predictable. You know, you'll have surprises uh, from quarter to quarter by some companies, but a lot of the time you can look ahead and analysts look ahead at where earnings are headed. So following those on individual stocks, you, you, you uh, invest in makes some sense. The problem is, while those affect stocks, you also have news affect stocks and news comes out of left field, George, and you have no idea when news is going to hit. And if you're an investor in stocks, I guess a day like we've had this week, days like we've had this week, we can't predict, but it's got to be part of the part of the territory of playing the game. Yeah, I mean, you know, we talked about multiple monitors you know, being set up, Bloomberg terminals. I mean, this is the reason why, uh, you know, you have these sort of exorbitant setups if you're a trader, I mean, you really have to be paying attention to sort of macro level, um, you know, global news. And it's the reason why we have 24 hour news networks yeah. and, uh, you know, stock networks. And, and it is definitely th are, those are things that, that that affect the market on a day to day basis. It's not just earnings calls and whatnot. It, it, you know, it's it's global slowdown and fears of recession, obviously, things like um, uh, you know, um, what's the trade wars that's going on, all sorts of yeah. things that sort of affect, uh, you know, your day to day yeah. life as a day trader. Well, and even if I'm not a day trader, if I'm a long-term investor, just knowing that news is going to hit my portfolio and it's going to yeah. hit it adversely over a short run and then go back to what Warren Buffett said, like calm yourself down by remembering these are real businesses that we're talking about and that we've seen things like coronavirus before. I mean, don't get me wrong. We don't know where this is headed, right? We don't know how bad it Correct. will get. But um, but we saw this with SARS and with with SARS. other issues. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's I think, you know, to your point, it's it's a, you know, you almost want to like not touch your 401k. Don't log into your Schwab or Fidelity <laughs> account and just sort of let it ride out a little bit. Um, you know, trust that you're diversified enough, hopefully that you are. And if you're trading individual stocks, then, you know, that's the money that 
you know, you're hopefully going to be okay to part with just like going to Vegas. In, in, in your past life, you worked for a publicly traded company. I worked with a publicly traded company, American Express, and you would see things like this news hit, hit your company. Now your, your company joust is, is not public. Uh, does it still affect, do, do, do things like, like today's fear affect you when you have a company that isn't yet public? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, we work with a lot of smaller businesses and independent contractors and, you know, their fear is, is just getting paid. And so if they're going to send an invoice to an American Express or Disney or a Nike, they just want to make sure that they're going to get paid. And so, you know, unless you see some of these larger companies that are, you know, sort of freelance uh, customer base work with, unless you see some of these larger companies going through massive layoffs or, you know, announcing something like restructuring, Generally, it's, you know, it's, it's not something that, they're, that they uh, are fearful of on a day-to-day basis. There'll yeah. always be someone in the accounts, you know, in the accounts payable department, hopefully uh, fulfilling those invoices. But, um, you know, if there's ever a delay, you know, you're not getting paid net 30, that's, that's why they sort of come to us. Yeah, your problem usually is, and we've, you and I have talked about this offline before, is that uh, these companies are just big and slow. I mean, they, they just are much slower. They don't realize there's one person on the other end who needs to eat tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, they generally don't. And, and, you know, working at a large company like JP Morgan Chase, like I did, you know, the third party risk management process, you know, if you're Joe, or you're, uh, you know, a large multinational corporation, you go almost go through the same process of, of being vetted background check due diligence. And once you're in the system, that's good, but you're still not, you know, it, it still takes, you know, sometimes, you know, 90, 120 days to get paid. And so after you've been through that entire vetting process, now you got to wait again in order to get paid. It's it's sometimes a little ridiculous what we used to make our our vendors uh, you know jump through what kind of hoops. Have have you personally uh, on a day like we had earlier this week uh, made some dumb moves with your four hundred one k? I think it reminds me of maybe like twenty years ago. Uh, you know, my first gig. I was working at Nokia. Uh, you know, the dot com. I think right after two thousand. Oh yeah. And, you know, I panicked and I was like, I need to pull my money out or I need to rebalance my portfolio and just a dumb thing to do. And I should have just sort of let it ride. And yeah, I mean, I, I've been there and, and, you know, 20 years ago, we didn't have robo advisors and ETFs. I was getting killed on on sort of mutual fund fees and I, I, I didn't know any better. And I had some other people around the office staring up some, uh, you know, some fear mongering and like, oh, pull your money out. And, yes. and you know, it was just a dumb thing to do. <laughs> but uh, you live, you learn. I, I I was in to your point with fear mongering. It's funny. I was in a office with twenty seven or twenty eight advisors, and during that time, I remember, you know, before the bottom in two thousand two, we had advisors in early two thousand two going saying, you know, I'm going to all my clients and telling them to get out. Like, are you yeah. are you kidding me? Advisors telling their clients to get because as, as as you remember, it had gone on for almost two years at that point, and they just yeah. had enough and go. You know what? I'm telling all my clients to get out of the market, and of course, that ended it, up being the wrong thing to do. Yeah, I, the only thing I wish I did was get out and put all my money into San Francisco and Boston real estate because <laughs> right. that would have been the best time to buy. <laughs> yeah, well, you could imagine San Francisco and 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 Austin. Um, uh, yeah. And, and you're in Portland part of the year too, right? Yeah. Portland, Oregon as well. I mean, those would all have been great times to buy. I was in living in Boston, Massachusetts at the time. 
you know, moved to Europe for a little bit and then and then went to San Francisco. And I just remember thinking to myself, you know, $500,000 for a one-bedroom apartment, it's a little spendy, but I should probably do it. And now that same apartment's like 1.2, 1.3. <laughs> well, think about yeah, where you're at I'm now. And, 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 and think <laughs> yeah. about it's not quite so expensive in Austin, but there are places in Austin that it's just going up so quickly. Yeah, and, and Austin's growing. And I think the good news about Austin is that, that they've been able to absorb sort of a lot of the Californians. I mean, other places to New Yorkers moving in. Uh, so there's a lot more to build. And, you know, they've been a little bit, uh, it's more business friendly when it comes to, uh, you know, giving tax breaks to businesses. You know, yeah. they're saying it's like California in the 70s. But, um, but uh, you know, Rebecca actually says, uh, I think stuff is worse now because of the constant news cycle on social media, cable news. Yeah, I mean, that's that's an interesting point, right? Like, I am reading every day about how Austin is getting more expensive and more expensive, and it's constantly drilled into you. But at, at the, at the yeah. grand scheme of things, it's still much, much less expensive than uh, than San Francisco or, or, you know, New York, for that matter. Well, and also bringing this back around to the stock market where we started, George, just, you know, you're going to read all, all people read about all week this week was how bad the stock market was over and over and over and over and over. And now, you know, between coronavirus fear and now stock market on top of it, you, you've got people questioning the economy. I mean, we've been on my Stacking Benjamins podcast. We've been talking about smart people calling the end of this bull market, like you were talking about earlier for the past five years, you know, yeah. five years ago, we were doing that story. And it's and it and, it, and it's still there. And and Sidhu uh, puts it very eloquently too. Says fear mongering drives clicks, and I think that's probably a good place to end it. Well, in just a second, George and I are going to have our big takeaway from this story and from uh, from this big stock market drop. And while we uh, give George a second to collect his thoughts, so he can totally amaze us with something that's going to uh, save this podcast. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> no, no pressure at all, George. I'd like to talk for a second about our friends over at Ubiquity because Ubiquity Retirement uh, and Savings makes it super easy for small business owners to set up retirement plans. Historically, it's been complicated and it's been expensive. And the reason why we asked Chad Parks and the team at Ubiquity to sponsor the show was because of the fact that they make it much, much, much less complicated. In fact, if you're a small business owner choosing the right retirement plan, just seems like a bunch of mumbo jumbo, but Ubiquity can make it easy to save on your terms and within your budget. In just a few clicks, you'll see 401k plans designed by experts online, or you can talk to them personally so that they'll tailor a plan that meets your specific needs and the needs of your employees. Their affordable flat fee plans start at just $75 a month. And whether you're a solopreneur or have a team of 100 employees, everybody gets the same exceptional service at Ubiquity. Kickstart your future at MyUbiquity. That's M-Y-U-B-I-Q-U-I-T-Y.com to learn more. Big thanks to Ubiquity uh, for sponsoring Money with Friends. All right, George, this is it. Save the show, man. What's our big takeaway today? Uh, All right. Well, I'm going to go back to a guy who's much, much smarter than me, Mr. Warren Buffett, who said, listen, these are indeed businesses, American Express, Coca-Cola, you know, railroads that he owns. These are, uh, these are sort of legacy businesses. He, you know, he does, you know, doesn't really invest in, in sort of a lot of, a lot of tech stocks, uh, himself, but, uh, you know, you have to trust that, uh, there's not, you know, no need to panic in a situation like this. Uh, and you just got to let the market do its thing and let it ride. And if you're a, you know, sort of long-term investor, like, uh, you know, I'd say the majority of people, uh, you would want to worry and panic in a situation like this. I can't really help the short-term day trader investors. You sort of, uh, you know, 
you probably expect the highs and lows of this, but uh, but let's leave it to Warren and and, and uh, Mr. Buffett and take his advice. Don't panic, and uh, everything's going to work out okay. I I totally agree, and uh, and so I won't. Besides saying I second that emotion, George, I'll I'll add this: the one piece of the equation that is always out there is news, and we never know when new news is going to change the stock market, and it always changes it over the short term. Data changes the market over long-term. This coronavirus news has nothing to do with long-term data, uh, but it will affect your stocks over the short run and make them runble. But just remember that, that there's always going to be some headline and sometimes that'll shake your portfolio. And I think that'll help you panic a heck of a lot less. Uh, George, even though you did a fantastic job here today on your short-term gig, being a part of the Money with Friends cast, where can people find you long-term? Yeah, joust.com, J-O-U-S-T. We are the nation's first all-inclusive bank for uh, freelancers and independent contractors. A unique uh, pay armor invoice protection product. Come find us there, joust.com. And uh, we'd love to have you as a, as a customer. It is a great company. It's been a lot of fun working with the team. George has a fantastic team that, that he works with. And it's, uh, it's, it's really cool. You just go to the site, you go to, 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 to try.joust.com and you see just, well, you, you can see it for yourself. Yeah, we actually have a deal, don't we? Try.joust.com slash MWF. Yeah. That's right. Good stuff there. It, well, yeah. it, hopefully we didn't score scare George away. We'll see. If George comes back tomorrow, it's good for all of us. We'll see everybody back here, hopefully tomorrow, on Money with Friends. <laughs> Bye-bye. This show is created and hosted by Joe Saul Cihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2020. Ryan Sini and Nicole Thornhill from Pro Podcast Solutions engineered this show, and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be a part of the show. As with anything, remember, you shouldn't take advice from any of us or other video or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends.